0: On August 31st, Owensboro powerlifter Julius Maddox broke the raw bench press world record by lifting 739.5 pounds. We're going to talk to Julius about the record and how he became one of the world's strongest men. Stay with us. This is Inquire. For the Mr. Inquire, I'm Don Wilkins. And with me is none other than Julius Maddox. And Julius, as I said in the opening, just broke the world record in raw bench press. I don't know that I can lift my own body weight, which I I think Julius, I mean, I think that's one of just the first hurdles people can get over, are supposed to get over whenever you're doing weightlifting. The amount of weight that you lift, it is is beyond my comprehension, but that's what we're here to talk about and how you got into uh, power lifting and, and what it has taken to get there and to this point where you're breaking w- world records. So I guess, you know, start from the beginning and and how you first um, came to realize that, Hey, I, you know, power lifting is something that I can do. And then, Get to this point where you can break a world record.
1: Yeah, it turns out that I was actually in a a recovery program for uh, drugs and alcohol abuse, and you know I found that lifting weights helped uh, combat my depression that I I was dealing with uh, because I had supplemented with you know drugs uh, for so long. So I just found myself in, in this old house. There is, a you know, uh, it's, it's a about a hundred year old house in the basement, which we call it the dungeon, with a dirt floor, some old steel weights, and that's where, you know, I found my, you know, peace, and I was able to not only become physically strong, but also mentally strong also. And that just, at one point, we had every single plate on the bar in the basement, and I repped it out for three reps. And I know this is crazy. We we added the weight up afterwards, and it ended up being 505 pounds. And, you know, we told one of the counselors at that time, we told one of the counselors, which he's the guy that kind of pioneered and and got me into a, a commercial gym, that what I did, and he said, you know you know there's very few people that are doing what you're doing, and I hadn't even tapped into my full potential yet. I had just you know been lifted on and off for a year, you know just just doing it just to make me feel better, you know so that's kind of how it, how it started
0: and did you lift and you played football at at Owensboro High School, right? yes, I did okay so so, did that, is that where you were initially introduced to weightlifting?
1: So, it's kind of, it's a funny story because I walked off the football field my sophomore year and returned back the summer going into my senior year, well, the, the, my jun- the end of my junior year on into the summer until, you know, uh, I compromised again. And uh, I quit, then he really kicked me off the football team, so, because I tried to come back, but... During those seasons, especially basketball, because I played basketball four years in high school under Mike Stennett, and they didn't want me lifting as heavy because I was too strong. You know, so uh, they wanted me to be able to play basketball and be agile, but they didn't want me to be too strong because, you know, I catch myself missing the missing the whole rim, you know, so I was just so strong. So we just toned it down. We did a lot. We did higher reps, a lot of uh, – uh, conditioning, um, cardiovascular work—you know, just trying to um, trying to maintain a, a level of conditioning instead of trying to build strength. So, and in football, I didn't really, I didn't really take it that serious as far as lifting weights because it hurt. You know, lifting weights does not feel good, especially because the whole point of lifting weights is placing strain on the muscles. You know, pushing the muscles, and it doesn't feel good. So, I didn't, I didn't like it at all.
0: So. Whenever you discovered later on that that hey I can lift a lot of weight, how did you you said you started going to a I guess a real a real gym and got out of the dungeon there, and how how did that progress and what is the process? I mean I know you is it different than like I guess what bodybuilders and how they train?
1: Yes, it's totally different. Oftentimes, like bodybuilders really address the, uh, each, each muscle group, so they want to get the muscle as big as possible. Well, we call this power building because it's kind of the same concept as far as the RET scheme and the SET scheme, but uh, we taper down as we get closer to our meet. So tapering down and going up in weight, it, it, it transfers over to strength training. So strength training is fewer SETs, uh, fewer reps, heavier weight. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. But we kind of mix it in with bodybuilding training because a lot of a lot of times we do, for example, AMRAP sets as many reps as possible, you know, and and, and that's kind of a lot of the concepts of bodybuilding, you know. So I don't know if that if that answers your question or.
0: Yeah, well, I've I've watched documentaries on these dudes who who do bodybuilding, and it's it's insane you know, the workouts and, and everything. So how,
1: how often are you in the gym? Are you in there every day? No, I'm not in the gym every day. It's only a, a certain amount that the body can, can handle to be optimal. So we found that me bench pressing heavy only one to two times a month, um, sometimes three, is is, is beneficial. Uh, just so recovery and injury prevention, but realistically, I'm in, the, in in the gym four days a week. Only four days so so w- when you do
0: work out, how much weight are you lifting?
1: So we base it off of a percentage, and like I said, I told you you have to play with the the reps scheme and the set scheme, so the heavier the weight it's going to be lesser lesser reps, lesser sets um, when, when you When you go up and when you go down in weight and go with higher sets and reps, you're in the uh, hypertrophic phase, which is muscle building it's not strength building so most of the time we're we're working with between 75 and 95% of my one rep max which now my one rep max is 739 so we would work between you know 75 85% uh, in the first phase and then we will taper down and go up in weight up around 90% to 95% and it will be fewer sets and reps like 2 or 3 reps 2 or 3 sets
0: so do you have folks there with you while you're lifting this much weight to make sure that if 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 for or for whatever reason something happens and you can't lift it or or the or the weights get squirrely somebody's there to kind of help you?
1: Yeah, uh, yes, I do. So I work out at Iron Edge gym and there's always somebody there um to give a helping hand. A spotter, I guess is a what Spotter. Call. Yes. And and if I can't find I mean, we well, typically, typically I will make sure that I have a spotter there. But whenever it's the heavier days, I just travel. I travel and go to gyms that, you know, take it, take powerlifting uh, to the next level. So guys that are, are like me. So I have a a really good friend of mine that lives in South Bend, Indiana. And I will uh, travel up there and, you know, lift with those guys.
0: Whenever you realized, you know, you're lifting over 500 pounds here, I mean, how many reps of 500 or, or were you lifting at, at one time?
1: I've done 500 for... 14 reps before. Wow,
0: okay. As you realized, okay, the, the 500 rep, I mean, when you got up to the 500-pound range, how far did you push yourself um, before you actually started realizing, okay, now I'm getting up to 700-pound range?
1: Well, after, so once I repped that 500 out in the basement, I was still in, re- I was still in, in uh, at Friends of Centers. And I couldn't really go anywhere because, you know, we can't just come and go as we please. So I continued to work out in the basement. I did my first competition. And then about that time, I started transitioning out. So I got my first membership at the YMCA. And this is and this is when? 2014. Okay. Uh, the beginning of 2014. Then I came on staff at Friends of Centers, and uh, I joined the uh, – of course, like I said, I joined the gym. And I had a guy – one of my, my, my good friends, the one that, that told me about – that, that I should start considering powerlifting that convinced me to do my first competition, he reached out to a guy named Josh Bryant out of uh, Texas, and he's a phenomenal coach, world-renowned coach. This guy has coached many different athletes that um, are excelling in the sports as bodybuilding, powerlifting, all different sports. So we teamed up in 2014, and we've been rolling ever since. In
0: these competitions, how how often were, are, were you doing these competitions?
1: Well, average about two a year, but now I'm just in a, at a point where, realistically, a person can only add on anywhere from ten to twenty pounds per year on their on their main lift. Okay. Um, so at the time, I was I was having I was taking drastic jumps because of beginner gains in early early on when you start targeting the right muscles and strategically attacking your programming, which is what Josh brought to the table we started seeing, you know, uh, uh, like beginner gains. And I just kept jumping and jumping, you know, to the point to where, you know, I had a 625-pound bench at the, somewhere in 2014. So over the years, you know, I, I competed about two to three times a year, you know. So, But now I'm just confident enough to, that I know that, you know, I, I can go up. I don't even know what I have in me because I stopped on my second lift this last time.
0: So you could have gone, you could have gone up to a couple more than just that one lift. Is what you're telling me?
1: Oh yeah. So my opener was I think 672. Then I went into the second attempt, which was the world record. And my coach was there, so he was. He just told me. He said, "Your your emotions are running high. We need to." probably opt out of the third lift because you're so pumped that you don't even know if if you know you, there's a possibility you could have strained something or anything so he said let's just scratch the third lift and we live to lift another day
0: so okay so this was after you you, you broke the record on your second, second lift? attempt. okay now what was the record that you broke
1: it was by Karel Sarachev uh he's out of he's from Russia it was 738.5 i believe or .4 somewhere around there
0: so you lifted basically a little over a pound more than he did so
1: it would be a kilogram 1.1 okay other.
0: kilogram okay and 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 so does that mean that more than likely he'll go back and try to break your record now
1: yes yeah, so he's we talked and he he messaged me immediate, immediately after uh, my competition he said thank you brother for the motivation
0: so you speak Russian?
1: No, I don't. He, he <laughs> speaks. Uh, he speaks a little English, okay. it's broken, but uh, he's a very, very great guy.
0: So, so this is a guy you've run into before in competition. So well, I guess he was.
1: Was he there whenever you did this? He was there last year when I missed the lift. Okay. So I, I did. I attempted the American record last year. I was going to break the world record last year, but I just didn't have it in me. So he was there, I attempted the American record. I failed. You know, we talked a little bit, and you know, he invited me out to Russia, and you know, which I don't know if i would be able to make that happen.
0: Now, where did you break
1: the the world record uh, on August thirty first? At Boss of Bosses, it's called. Uh, that's what the meet was called. The the facility is uh, um, Boss Barbell Club in Mountain View, California.
0: Okay. Now, how long were you were you there in California preparing for this?
1: I, you know, I got a full-time job, so I can't be gone too long. So we got there on Thursday, uh, relaxed and, and rested on Friday, and competed on Saturday, and came back home Monday.
0: Now, do you? Sunday. Now, do you have a? does a diet go into this sort of
1: thing? No. It recently, yes. When I, since I've gotten back, but typically, you know, I, I, leading up to probably about three months. I still do eat at Gourmet Meals to Go here in Owensboro, Kentucky, but for the most part at this point in time, like really my diet went out the window, you know, it's just, it's it's hard to maintain strength and try to lose weight at the same time. So I knew that this point was coming and if, if I tried to lose a X amount of weight, then my strength, overall strength is going to go down. So it's not like I just went out and smashed cheeseburgers every day or anything, but you know. Uh, I'm a big snacker, and 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 which over the past since I've gotten home, we kind of uh, eliminated that. Trying to go in and and probably walk about uh, three to four times a week, thirty minutes thirty minutes a day, so thirty minute sessions. But yeah.
0: So, how tall are you, and what what do you weigh right now?
1: I'm six three, and I'm four forty six.
0: And I remember. Growing up, and how, how old are you, Julius? I'm 32. 32. Okay, well this, you you may have seen YouTube videos of this now, but when I was growing up, I remember the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. You know, you you know, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. And I thought Luke Ferrigno, you know, was a was a big dude, but you know, here I am, you know, with you right now, you know. They, you know they should cast you as the Incredible Hulk. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, <laughs> holy cow! I mean, um, do, I mean, how do you now when you go out in public and and folks see? Uh, I mean, do they are they are they wanting to take selfies with you and all that? I mean, what, well, what, what what kind of encounters are you getting?
1: Just about everywhere I go, you know, people want to take pictures, and you know, I've, it's even funnier because there's there's a negative side to it. But people always think that uh, you know when you hear a guy that's 440 pounds, they're like, oh, this guy must be a big, big fat, you know, I don't know if that's the right words I can use, but just a just a, a, a heavier, a guy that's, you just wouldn't think of this build uh, being 440, you know, and, and I've had people honestly come up to me and say, I'm sorry, but I just thought you was, you know, just sloppy, your weight disportional, or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, but they would use it in other terminology, but um shocked a lot of people they're like you you are probably one of the biggest guys i've ever seen and i don't see it i still see myself as you know i don't know it's just weird i don't
0: and i know you've gone through a lot in your in your life to get to this point uh you mentioned earlier you know you were at friends of sinners you got there early on uh, drugs and and all that sort of thing and 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 one of the things i do want to briefly get into is how much this weightlifting this powerlifting and along with Friends of Center and everything that you've done over the last, um, what, five years now, how much your life has changed. And I also want to talk about, because um, as we were walking into the podcast, I was asking you about you know, being a character coach at the high school and what that means to you and and what all is involved with that.
1: Uh, at the end of the day, the, I, I had addiction, like I said, I've, I've had an addiction with drugs and it all summed up too because I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. I've never been comfortable in my own skin, uh, until, you know, I came to Friends and Centers and found my identity uh in something else besides uh what the world had to offer. And you know, just for years and years and years, even through high school, through middle school, I had to keep this facade or, or, or hold this image up uh that, that I was the baddest kid or baddest guy to ever walked through the town of Owensboro. Like I had a chip on my shoulder because of fear of being exposed for who I really was, you know. I, deep down inside I I just wanted to I just wanted a, a helping hand, somebody to show me how to be a man, somebody to show me how to, you know, walk this walk. So at the end of the day I, I tried to be someone that I was not. I worried more about what everybody else was doing and who everybody else was talking to, and what everybody else was talking about than Worried about my own self, and I got lost in the process. So, you know, when 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 I had an opportunity and I came to Friends of Centers, I was in a season where I was finally comfortable in my skin. I know who I knew who I was and and what I and and what I wanted in life or wanted to strive to be. And in that process, I f- I found that I was more stronger than than I ever thought you know, everybody would always tell me that, you know, I had potential, but also, too, I had people tell me that I would never be anything in life, that I was dumb or I was stupid or that I would never go to college or graduate college or, you know, just be able to achieve um, a success or greatness. So I believed it. And we always tend to believe the critics or people who who uh, say the negative things over the people who are speaking positivity in our life. And I, you know, I pondered on on those negative thoughts, and I believed it. And at the end of the day, uh, we've seen what that product produces. So now, at Owensboro High School, I have an opportunity because at one point I couldn't even step foot on the on the property at Owensboro High School just because I was so ashamed. I felt so guilty because of the, all the the opportunities that I wasted. And at that point, I just I just didn't want to show my face at once, bro. I've been on the news for, you know, drugs multiple times. I've been in the newspaper multiple times about being, you know, busted. And I just didn't want people to. I didn't want to. I didn't want to face the world. I never wanted to face reality. I ran. I ran my whole life. And when I got to Friends of Sinners, things finally changed. And through that process. Help me help teach me how to be a man and be a spiritual leader in my household and in that is where I was able to become the product that that produced was I was able to become the character coach at Owensboro High School teaching these kids and, and and not necessarily teaching them but but showing them how a a, a person is really supposed to carry themselves and the coaches there do a phenomenal job uh, with that but I just you know wanted to do whatever I could do to affect any life that I possibly could. Just one kid. One kid, if I could deter him from going down the same path that I did, you know, it's it's well worth it.
0: And so you work with, is it primarily the football team there now? Yes. So w- what is that? I mean, do, are you, when you say character coach, are you there during the practices? Are you there do, during the games and, and encouraging or, or kind of like a –
1: Um, in a way, a mentor? I go to practices, um, uh, I mean, along with trying to figure out how I'm going to do with, not figure out, but I go to practices trying to balance, you know, my weightlifting and being able to be a character coach. But for the most part, I am, uh, I'm there any opportunity I get. So I'm on the sidelines on the football games. And I go to practices, and if something happens, you know, uh, I, I'll, I'll address the problem if they need me to. But just trying to be extra support on the sidelines whenever the coaches are doing what they're out there, w- what their job is to do, you know, and that's coach. So when if the kids have a bad attitude or if something that they need, I'm there for whatever. If they tell me they need to go, for me to go get a mouthpiece out of the locker room, I'll go get a mouthpiece. I don't, you know, I'm just there to serve.
0: Uh, before I get you out of here, uh, are you looking at, Another competition, uh, next competition, and then are you trying? Uh, is there a particular weight you're trying to get even though you've broken the world record? Um, is that something that you're trying to do is increase the amount beyond what you've already lifted?
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking uh, around April or May will be my last. Uh, I'm not going to say my last competition, but as far as maintaining this weight, uh, body weight, I'm going to try to lose weight and come back and, and compete again at one point. But that's gonna, you know, that's when I'm gonna really hone in on trying to, you know, better myself as far as health-wise, just simply because, I, you oh. know, in the long run, it's not realistic that I could, you know, maintain this weight and, you know, be around in the next five years. Mm-hmm. So, I'm planning on going on a weight loss journey and, and tracking the whole progress and, you know, inspiring people in that uh, genre too. I guess.
0: Do you, uh, do you get calls? I wonder this. Do you get calls from your friends who are moving
1: by chance, or they want you all the time, <laughs> all the time? And even it's funny because whenever I was in friends of centers, toward the end, you know, I, I was I, that's what I did. You know, on the weekends, if by the word of mouth, everybody spread it around that Julius will help you move, so everybody was calling me, but. It, it, it got old really quick.
0: Well, I'm sure. You, they, I guess they figured that you could do the work of four other guys. You know, you yeah. just lift a couch by yourself and don't need any other help. Uh, take us up three flights of stairs, <laughs> Julius. And
1: <laughs> though I could, it's 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 um it it's not worth it. Uh, risk versus reward of of you know. So you got to play it smart because any any wrong move, you know, could be uh, a, a career e- uh, ending injury. So. And I know it sounds, may, maybe sounds like far out, but, you know, I, anytime I'm, so, for example, if I'm eight weeks out from a competition and somebody's like, hey, can you help move? I'm like, you know, I can't, I, you know, I can't, I can't, I'll help, but I'm not going to come uh, try to man the heaviest dresser you have down four flights of stairs because what if I was to slip and fall or what if I was, sure. you know, you just, you just never know. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I was, uh, uh, I, and I guess one final question here too to go back to your uh, your your world record day there. What was the emotion that you felt whenever you realized that you, you broke the record, um, and, and what and, and the type of, um, I mean, what what were you feeling going into that at that moment? Uh, were you confident that that you were going to be able to break it, and then after you broke it, I mean, what was the feelings?
1: This is uh, a, I mean, I guess you could say not really a controversial, but this, the only way I had the confidence that I've had over the past three months is because uh, the Lord has given me this confidence. Uh, Every meet leading up to this meet, I've always been kind of sketchy when people would ask me, so how are you going to do this meet? Or what kind of weight are you going to put up? And I would kind of shy away from the question because, you know, I didn't, I didn't know. But there was no doubt in my mind whatever I set out to do in California this weekend, this past weekend that I was going to do. Typically when I'm in the back and I'm, I'm trying to pump myself up and, you know, trying to hype myself up to get ready to go lift. I got my headphones in, I'm trying to, you know, get in the zone, but it was different this time. Uh, I took my headphones off and I just felt this peace and I knew it was time, it was, it was, I was in the zone without no music, without anything. It just, this, this, this feeling came over me that you're ready, you know? So I just felt like it was, you know, God moving me in this direction, like saying, you're ready. You don't need nothing else besides me and let's, let's, let's go, you know? So that's kind of the feeling that I had. And, and one thing that's really sparks that gets me going is my kids would ask me over and over again, Daddy, when are you going to be number one? And it's just something that plays over and over and over again in my head that this is bigger than me. That I'm setting an example for my kids 10 years down the road and 20 years down the road. They can say my dad came over, overcame adversity. My dad fought through these obstacles and look what I have to show it. Look, my dad, my dad became number one that day. And not only, not only in my household, but all over my community, People are inspired because people know and knew who I was. You know, so that testament of where I am today and who I've become is is, is much bigger than, than just Julius Maddox hitting a 700-pound bench.
0: And that will wrap up our show for this week. I want to thank Julius Maddox for joining me to send us questions or to provide feedback, Email us a newscast at messenger inquirecom Remember, you can find us on the Mr. Inquirer's website, Facebook, and Apple Podcast, where you can subscribe to Inquirer. Until next time, I'm Don Wilkinson. Good day for Inquirer.